Hi, I'm Jane Velez Mitchell, New York Times bestselling author and TV journalist. And this is Unchained TV's Voice America podcast. For the next hour, you will hear the solution to most of the problems that plague our world. And it's a solution mainstream media ignores, even though it only requires us to make one simple change. Want to know what it is and transform your life? Let's get started. So excited to have with me a powerhouse today. Oh my gosh, lady free thinker in the house. And I am truly, truly honored and privileged. Uh, lady free thinker, um, you are Nina Jackal. Nonetheless, you go as lady free thinker, you stand up to animal abusers everywhere. And um, you are changing the world. How did you decide to become this powerhouse? Well, Jane, I'm super excited to be here. Thank you for all you do. And, and thank you for having me. Um, I started out as a, a, a journalist myself. I, I was a writer and um, decided to use my voice to, to write about the things that I really believed in. And what I really believe in is creating a more compassionate world for all beings and giving animals a voice because they really need us. Now, you say you started out as a journalist. What was that moment? Because I also had that moment where I said, okay, got to do something more, got to kick it up. This is outrageous. What's happening to animals cannot stand. What was that moment as a journalist where you were being in mainstream journalism and you were doing your writing and all of a sudden you had that bingo, wake up, light bulb moment. I need to do more. How did you evolve it into Lady Freethinker? Well, I was already trying to subtly include animal protection messaging in my writing. I was writing a lot of nutrition articles. And um, of course, uh, a, a vegan diet is the healthiest. So it was actually very easy and natural to start um, encouraging people to, to make cruelty-free dietary choices. But there was one moment when it just wasn't enough. Um, and I needed to do more. And, um, you know, not just for animals, but for the planet, for, for other humans, there's so much suffering that is inherent in our systems, um, our animal agriculture system being among the, the worst culprits, if not the worst culprit. Um, and, and there was a point where I was like, well, I, you know, I, I can't continue just writing topics that other people want me to write. I have to do it myself. And it was just a tiny blog. You know, uh, if we got six views in a day, I was, I was happy. Um, and, and then I'm, I'm very fortunate that there is an audience out there who cares as much about animals and cares as much about these issues as I do. And um, since 2013, when I started Lady Freethinker, we've grown into a, a nonprofit organization. And now, um, you know, we have an amazing team of people who are tracking animal cruelty, investigating animal cruelty, writing about it every day, writing news articles, petitions, and really just doing it, everything that we possibly can to get the word out and, and make a difference for animals. 
Now, you are modest, but you were featured in the New York Times. And what a fierce photo, because usually when I see you, you're smiling and um, most of your headshots are smiling. But that photo in the New York Times, very dramatic. And that was an article uh, in October of 2021, I believe, when you sued YouTube for uh, alleging that there are thousands of videos of animals being abused up on YouTube that you've documented, that you've contacted them about, that you've flagged them, and you felt that their response was completely inadequate. And um, by the way, we invite YouTube or its parent company, Google, on any time. In fact, we would absolutely love to dialogue with you. Can you lay out how that happened and how you had that breakthrough moment? Because getting animal rights content in The New York Times is that alone makes everything Lady Freethinker has done worthwhile. Obviously, the movers and shakers of the world read The New York Times. Um, yeah, I, I did feel like that was a breakthrough, a breakthrough for this issue and and for our work. Um, our our research into YouTube started years ago. This was a long process. Um, in 2020, we uh, reported a, a horrifying channel called Captive Baby Monkeys. We created a petition to YouTube asking them to take this channel down. Um, it, it featured nothing but videos of people abusing monkeys, throwing them around, um, you know, basically torturing them. Um, deaf ears, we got zero response from YouTube. Um, as part of a broader coalition um, called the Asia for Animals Coalition, there was another letter sent to YouTube from the entire coalition about that specific channel. Um, no response whatsoever. And we realized that there was a, a problem here and that YouTube just wasn't listening. Um, at, at that point, we started gathering as many animal cruelty videos as we could on YouTube, and, and we found thousands. And we issued a, a report, um, a PDF, laid it all out, laid out all the categories of animal abuse that we were finding, um, the number of videos, the potential earnings, which is in the millions from those videos. Um, we mailed it to YouTube. It was signed for. I know they received it, but they did not respond. Um and it, it continued that way. Um, the only time that we would ever hear back from YouTube was when it was a lower level customer service person or after um, actually our original report was released in The Guardian, there was a, a media person who reached out, but they did they refused to have any conversation. And really, all we were asking for was a conversation, a phone conversation, a Zoom conversation. And we were denied. Um, we applied for their trusted flagger program, which is um, their system in a way that they give experts in certain subject matters an opportunity to inform them of, of the videos. And, and when you report a video as a trusted flagger, I assume it gives some sort of added weight. Um, they said that they were not seeking trusted flaggers in our area of expertise at that time. So basically, YouTube shut every door that they possibly could. And really, all we were trying to do was point out a problem and assist them and honestly help them um, to find these videos. But after being shut down again and again, there was really nothing to do besides file a lawsuit. There was literally no other recourse for us because we had tried everything um, so in October of, of 2021, we did file that lawsuit and it's an ongoing case. Obviously, YouTube is fighting back hard. They have a lot of resources to do that with. 
but but we're fighting back equally hard um you know I, there's no way that that i can just sit and, and watch this horrendous content continue on youtube without them even being open to a conversation with us about it it it's just it, it's kind of unfathomable unfathom, unfathomable <laughs> Okay, so I'm holding the New York Times uh, printout on recycled paper, by the way. Uh, New York, the uh, company spokesperson responded by saying, according to the New York Times, quote, it has removed hundreds of thousands of videos and terminated, terminated thousands of channels for violations. She cautioned that it took time to increase enforcement. Again, we invite YouTube or its parent company, Google, on any time. We would love to dialogue with you about this issue. What is your response to that explanation given to the New York Times? Well, it's pretty typical for YouTube to, to issue a standard statement about things like that. And, you know, we're not trying to say that they've done nothing, but they seem to only do something when the press speaks out about it. When they know that there's an article about to break about animal cruelty, it seems like all of a sudden they care. Um, but the problem is far from solved. Um, they have not told Lady Freethinker or me personally about any specific actions that they've taken. Um, there's just zero transparency. So I, I can't comment on how many videos they've removed because I, I honestly don't know. Um, but what we do see from them is action when things are made public by the media. And then it just sort of seems to fade away from what I've seen. Well, is there a court case court date coming up? Can you tell us that before we move on to the next thing? Because, I mean, this is your breakthrough story. Uh, really incredible coverage. And obviously that got Google's attention and YouTube's attention because they had a spokesperson responding to it. Right. Um, we do have a pending court date. Um, it'll be our first hearing, even though we filed this back in October 2021. The, the process is very slow. So th there's actually a hearing this week. Um, we don't really know what will happen. It's a long process. This won't be over for a long time. Are you going to write about it at ladyfreethinker.org? I urge everybody, subscribe. It's very easy. I get all of your email blasts and I sign petitions. What you. what you do is you make it so easy to be an activist because literally you, you get the email, you go, I'm going to sign this petition, bing, bing, sign this petition, bing, bing. And I want to talk to you in a moment about the impact of these petitions. But um, are you going to keep your followers up to date on this case, because I think it's fascinating, like this hearing this week, so that we can all get invested and get involved. Is it an in-person hearing or a virtual hearing? Uh, this is an in-person hearing. And um, my goal is to keep Lady Freethinkers audience and the public as up to date as possible on, on the things that happen with this case um, as they're ready for public release. Um, so for updates, Yes, subscribe to the newsletter for updates. We will post updates on our website. This is a, a very important case for us. It's a very important issue. Um, and and we will be following this and, and reporting on it as things happen. I am in awe of you because, well, we're similar in the sense that we're both doing media for animal rights and we take different approaches, which is really great. Another really good friend of mine, Donnie Moss, runs TheirTurn.net. He takes yet another slightly different approach. Um, and we're all taking different approaches, but we have 
the same goal. Um, before we get to that, we've got a caller, uh, Lindsay from Woodland Hills. Your question or thought for Lady Freethinker Nina Jackal. Yes, thank you so much, Nina, for what you're doing and being a, a leader and showing other activists a way because, you know, I, I, of course, do a show on Unchained TV and it really, I, I meet so many people that are trying to make change in the world and they get, you know, they hit against this wall. The question I do have, though, is um, as far as litigation, it seems to be effective, but for the average activist or, you know, that has a small organization, what are the first steps and, like, how do they go about attaining a lawyer and if they don't have the fund? Can you maybe just address that for us a little bit, like how you would go about that? Because I think a lot of people would be interested. Yes, absolutely. Um, there are attorneys who specialize in animal law. It's a growing field. Um and it is possible to find attorneys that will do this pro bono. So I would recommend, um, you know, depending on the case, obviously some cases are local, others like, you know, our lawsuit against YouTube is more national in scope. Um, if you have a local issue, I would recommend a, a little local animal attorney. Um, sometimes there are prosecutors who, who specialize in animals. So if, if there's a a, a criminal um, occurrence if someone's abusing an animal, a, a prosecutor is good to to reach out to or local law enforcement. But um, as far as civil litigation, which is what we're dealing with with, with YouTube, this is not a criminal case. It's a civil case. Um, I would seek out uh, a civil attorney who specializes in animals and they are out there. Um, you know, a Google search can, can bring you wonders. Uh, a Google search is, is how we found our current uh, firm, Riley Safer Homes in Cancia. They are amazing. Um, and we did a lot of research. It wasn't just a Google search, but we found them by searching. Um, it wasn't through a, a special connection. We didn't, um, you know, have any inside information on which attorney would do it. Um, so, you know, do some searching, get out there and see if an attorney who specializes in animal issues will will do pro bono work or, or work with your budget because there are lawyers who, who really do care about helping animals out there and it's worth it to reach out to them. Wow. Uh, the work you do, and I am just really in awe because when I get your email blast, which I urge everybody to sign up for, just go to ladyfreethinker.org ladyfreethinker.org, kind of like Jane Unchained. We have this theme, right? And Donnie Moss has their turn. It's like we are trying to rip open the matrix and show that there is no need to abuse any animal for any reason ever. You do these petition drives. Now, you inspired me to do a petition. It's the Good. only petition I ever did because of a, vegan, a restaurant here in Los Angeles um, on county property uh, had no vegan options. And so I did a petition, but I'll be honest with you. After I did the petition, I didn't know what to do with the petition. Will you give us um, the 411 on how you create these petitions and then what do you do with them? Because uh, they're very effective. You get so many signatures. And, and just give us the insight on how you can do that. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, so petitions are are great for two purposes. Um, first of all, they raise awareness of issues. Once they get signed, people share them, and um, it's a great educational tool. I found. Um, but then, of course, the the reason that you start the petition is because you want to see that change, um, and. What we do is we, um, well, first we create the petition and we have a specific target in mind. You want to find the person who actually has the power to to affect whatever policy you're trying to change or to to prosecute or or to investigate um, whatever you want investigated. So you have to find that right target, um, and you um, of course direct the petition toward them. And what we do is after we've gathered um, a, a decent amount of signatures, which is usually after it goes out in our email blast and we'll have 30 or 40,000 signatures, we reach out to the petition target and we let them know, hey, this issue is happening. Um, we've created a petition that's been signed by X many people, all of who want you to do something about this issue. Um, and, and then we get it out there that way. Um, sometimes we will deliver a petition in person, uh, especially for international petitions. It, it's helpful to have some sort of partner on the ground. For example, um, in Korea, we work with a, a South Korean organization called Save Korean Dogs, and um, they'll actually go and deliver the petitions in, per in person for us. Um, so sometimes that that's the way to go. It depends on the situation, but you really want to make sure that that petition target is not just aware of the petition, but has background on the issue, understands why it's cruel, because often they don't. Um, so in your outreach, I, I highly recommend giving them a very polite summary of why this is cruel, why it should stop, and then iterate that all of these people really care about this and want to put a stop to this. And that's going to get them to pay attention and to understand that animal cruelty is an issue that that the public takes seriously and that a lot of people out there are watching and they want something to change. So what are some of your greatest hits in terms of petitions that had an impact and created change? Um, yeah, so our um, we did an investigation into a dog fighting ring in Chile um, and our investigator actually went to the kennels of a known dog fight breeder and uh, just with a little Go, uh, GoPro camera, um, got some shots of dogs on chains with no food or water, dead puppies. Um, and we took that to the police and, and also issued a petition. And having that international pressure, um, it, it seemed to help a lot. So all of those dogs were rescued and the, the perpetrator received the strongest animal cruelty sentence ever in the history of the nation of Chile. Um, so that was, yeah, so we're very, very happy about that. Wow. Uh, we've got another caller, mm -hmm. Sarah in Atlanta. Your question or thought for Nina Jackal, AKA Lady Freethinker. Hi, I'm so happy to be on. Uh, thank you, Lady Freethinker. I follow you. I love all of your daily emails that you have action items. I think that's really helpful for people that want to say what do I do and how do I get that done? So I have two questions. One, 
how do people actually sign up to get those newsletters that uh, we get from you? Because that's the only way I kind of find out, like, how we can help. Mm-hmm. And then secondly, um, there's a uh, there's a orca in uh, Miami named Lolita, and I'm sure you've heard of it, but she's been in there over 50 years, and there's a big there's a big action coming up, I think, this week about helping her and trying to get her out. And I want to know if you know what the story or if you know, like, a kind of, like, follow-up on what's going on. Because I don't think people really know, like, that a lot of this stuff is still going on. Like, these whales or all these animals are still in these tanks, no matter what. Or, you know, I don't think they know. You know? Thank you. Right. Thank you, Sarah, from Atlanta. Great question. Yeah, um, so to address the first part, um, you can go to ladyfreethinker.org and there's a a sign-up form. All you have to do is enter an email address and you'll start getting all of our emails. Um, So that's pretty simple for anyone to do. Um, As far as Lolita, I'm really glad that you brought that up. It's a very sad story and I I am familiar with Lolita and it, it really is unfortunate that this cruelty is still happening to captive cetaceans, to, to dolphins, to whales. And um, a, a lot of people are unaware. And even though there is some progress happening, it, it's not enough. Um, and, and I do think that's a great opportunity to, to raise awareness of Lolita's case. Um, and this is something that I'll speak about with the Lady Freethinker team. And, um, you know, perhaps we can help to publicize this as well. That's, you know, that's what we do. <laughs> so I, I, I'm happy to do that. And um, I would encourage you and, and anyone else who has a tip about animal cruelty to reach out to us at outreach at ladyfreethinker.org. We are always welcoming um, information and suggestions from the public. It's, it's how we choose a lot of the things that we cover, actually, because a lot of fantastic people like you, uh, Sarah, who care about animals, um, will write in and, and alert us to things or remind us of things that, you know, we may know, but we have so much else going on that it might not be at the forefront. And, and we always want to hear from you. We always do. Great tip. Outreach at ladyfreethinker.org. If you have an animal cruelty story, you can reach out to Lady Freethinker. You must get overwhelmed. I have to ask you a personal question. I get overwhelmed sometimes too, but you are really in the weeds in terms of looking at these horrific videos, these horrific stories to research it. You've got to go deep. Um, I honestly sometimes wonder how does she do it? That has occurred to me when I look at this, how do you do it? How do you maintain your mental health, your spiritual health and uh, not crack up from looking at all these horrific videos? Um, no, that's a very good question. And, um, and it, it does affect me. I mean, it clearly, it, it, it's impossible to, to love animals so much and to see, you know, those beings that you love being tortured every day, nonstop on your computer screen. It's not easy. I, I can't say that it is. Um, but there are coping mechanisms. Um, for me, um, it's essential that I get exercise every day. I, you know, if I don't, I'll, I'll sink into, to the depths that, that I don't want to. So, um, you know, that that's been shown to be as effective as antidepressants. And it, it, for me in particular, it's something that I just have to do to deal with this, um, getting outside out into the, 
the world. Um, the ocean is fairly close by, so I, I like to go for walks on the water. Um, when you look at the ocean and you just see that, you know, there's something just beautiful and big and, you know, you see that there is a, a wonderful, a wonderful world out there beyond, you know, what you're confronting every day. And, and you remind yourself that that, yes, it's horrible, but it is a small part of humanity that is committing these atrocities. And, um, and there's something bigger and, and greater. And, um, and, you know, to be honest, I, I think the number one way that I cope with it mentally is to know that I'm doing something about it. Because if you watch these videos and you just feel helpless, um, you know, that's debilitating. But when you know that you are part of the solution, that you are doing something to help, that really keeps you going. That really does. Yes. And those victories. Uh, wow. Wow. We've got another caller and we both know who she is, a great animal activist here in Los Angeles. Paige Parsons Roach, your question, Paige. Hi, Nina. Hi, Paige. Okay. So, hi, Serena. I was astonished that it is still um, allowed that people can put their dogs on chains and leave them outside the way that they do. Uh, maybe call me naive, but is it true you have a campaign to bring awareness and to shift this, what I feel is just unjust for these companion animals that entrust us? humans we we're breeding these animals into existence still um and i just find it an atrocity so you know my yeah, animals age. my animals yeah. that I yeah. are, are my family so over to you yeah so we did just launch our break the chain campaign um to educate people about the cruelty of dog training and also pressure um policymakers, politicians to, to end it. Um, you know, the United States is such a big country and unfortunately animal cruelty laws, they vary so much across the country. So there are a lot of places that, that do ban dog training, but unfortunately there are many that still haven't. And, um, you know, this means that dogs are kept outside 24 seven in the extreme heat, in the extreme cold, stuck on a heavy chain uh, with, with no escape, um, you know, often without adequate food and water or veterinary care. We hear way too many stories about dogs dying on their chains, dying from the elements, dying because they became strangled trying to escape. And, um, you know, it, it has to stop. It has to stop. Uh, we've got yet another caller. You are so right. It's going to stop. We're going to make it stop. Nilly or Nil in Dallas, Texas. Nil, your question or thought for Lady Freethinker. Hi, Nil. Um, hi. hi, Nilly in Dallas. Um, I just subscribed. Thank you. Um, I'm very interested in the Chile case that um, you got maximum prosecution for the dog fighting ring. Um, Question number one, do you have a team of badass activists around the globe that you can kind of send in when you get a tip? Um, and uh, a question we, number got two, some... um, 
Badass we are, activists. Oh, we are yeah. in Texas with dogfighting cases, and these, um, especially in the county, in the, they, these sheriffs, they don't cooperate. They may be part of the business. <laughs> so yeah. um, any tips there, any advice would be greatly appreciated. Thanks. Thank you. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I, I'm very lucky to have a, a badass network of people who are ready to, to take action for animals, ready to go document it, ready to speak out about it. Um, so yes, I do not do this alone. <laughs> absolutely not. It, it's, it's a team. Um, it's absolutely a team of, of people who really care. And um, as far as the, the dog fighting, I'm, I'm very sorry to hear that that's happening near you and that law enforcement doesn't seem to want to help. Um, I, I've heard stories like that before, unfortunately. And, you know, the best advice I can give is, is don't give up. Keep speaking out. Um, if, if you're getting shut down by the local sheriff, see if you can go over their head Keep going up the chain of command until hopefully you find somebody who will listen. Um, and, you know, it, I, I understand these things sometimes happen way too slowly and, and we want to see things shut down instantly. And unfortunately, in our line of work at, in activism, it doesn't always happen that way. But that doesn't mean that you give up. You keep speaking out. Talk to your local news stations. Try and get this out there as much as possible on social media, local TV, local newspapers, trying to alert them as to what's happening. And, and that can really go a long way. I agree with you 100%. I was in Texas and I was at a meeting, a college that had an animal rights committee, and we were all at a vegan restaurant. All of a sudden, we got this notification that they were going to kill a whole bunch of pigeons at the local college, which these youngster, these young people were attending. And the story said that the pigeons were making so much noise that people couldn't do their homework and their schoolwork. And we looked at each other and one of the kids said, pigeons don't make noise. And I said, yeah, there's something really wrong with this article. Pigeons don't make noise. They're not noisy animals. We got up in the middle of the dinner, went over to the local TV station that had put that story out, and we demanded to talk to the news. And finally, after catching everybody going in with sort of an ad hoc protest, the local anchor came out and interviewed us. And it was so cute because he actually, one of the kids did an imitation of what, what pigeons sound like, which is like, you know, I mean, there's no noise that a pigeon makes. And we pointed out the idiocy of it and basically said, you know, do your homework news station. Uh, when they put out something like this, obviously they just want to kill all the pigeons and they're coming up with a completely absurd excuse. Use your Nugent. And believe it or not, we were on the news that night and the kids were, they loved it and they were so empowered by it. So what I would say to Nil is do something like that. Go right to the TV station, hold a news station right at the front. Make it easy for them. All they have to do is walk out with a camera and talk to you people. If you have any video, if you have any pictures, if you have any evidence, you have it all and say, here it is. Do your job. Do your job. This is an under, I wouldn't attack the news station, but what I mean is we're giving you a, we're giving you a good story. Do it. All right. We're going to take a short break on Voice America Radio. We're going to stay live on Facebook. Be back in a second with Nina Jackal, Lady Freethinker. 
sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. Tune in to the Tony D'Urso Show with key influencers for entertaining and thought-provoking weekly discussions with some of the top stars in their fields. From business, sports, and science to entertainment, music, and literature, Tony's guests share their success and give their wisdom. If you're looking to manifest your vision and see how others have done so, be sure to listen to the Tony D'Urso Show every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. It's time to unlock some of the best-kept secrets in health, wealth, and happiness. Are you ready to live your life to the fullest and hear insider tips from today's experts? Then tune in to The Forbes Factor with celebrity TV host and inspirational icon, Forbes Riley. She's a best-selling author and TV fitness expert, and you know her from QVC and HSN. Now she brings her expert advice and guests to the Voice America Influencers Channel. Tune in live every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time and 2 p.m. Eastern Time for The Forbes Factor. We get Guarantee it will be the best hour of your week. We don't follow, we lead. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. Welcome back to Unchained TV on Voice America Radio. I'm Jane Velez Mitchell, and you are now re entering a portal to a transformative way of living. Nina Jackal, a.k.a. Lady Freethinker. She has a great smile, always seems happy, but boy, when it comes to animal abusers, she is on the case 24-7, 365. Go get them, Nina Jackal. And we were just talking about how we all take different approaches. So uh, Unshade TV just did a reality series on a family of pigs rescued from a kill shelter. And it's, I have to say, if I must say myself, absolutely adorable with a serious underlying message. And that underlying message is that greedy breeders are breeding pot-bellied pigs and then taking the infants and selling them as micro pigs, teacup pigs, pocket pigs. There ain't no such thing, people. They are just babies and they grow. And then what happens is when they grow to bigger than you can have in your apartment, then they get dumped at the local shelter, which is where we found uh, Simone Ray is a wonderful activist who uh, is rescuing animals left and right from shelter. She found these two who were set to be euthanized and we pulled them out and it's a really adorable show. Now they're Hollywood stars basking in their swimming pools and eating treats, calling their agents and demanding um, contracts. Uh, but they're they're really what it shows, the serious message about don't breed pigs. Don't buy pigs. If you want, if you want a pig and you insist that you can take care of that pig for the rest of your life, then go to a shelter and adopt a pig and uh, know that there's no such thing as micro pigs. But nonetheless, it is a fun, upbeat thing. Series. You, on the other hand, deal with some of the darkest, most, I would say, disturbing aspects of 
human nature. People who torture animals. And yet there's hope in there because you always give an action point. Can you outline that? Like, it's not just violence porn. Hey, this horrible thing is happening. Feel depressed. No, it's take action. It, it's all about the action. It's all about the action. And um, I, I will say that we only published a small fraction of what, you know, I actually see what the team actually sees every day. So we spare the public from the worst of it. It does get really bad. It gets really bad. But, but as long as there is action, there is hope. And as activists, we need that hope. Um, the world needs that hope. Um, and by taking action, all of us make that hope stronger. Absolutely. I played that billion dollar lottery. I don't know if I'm proud to say that or not. I've never won a penny in any lottery, but I did fantasize if I won all the groups I could give money to and all the ways we could help animals. You were on that list, Lady Freethinker. Um, (laughs) My fantasy list. But now let me talk to you about some of the other campaigns that you have because you've got so many. Honestly, I was making a list and I'm like, well, we could be talking about this for hours and hours. What are some of your top campaigns? Um, yeah, so yeah, we're small but mighty. We, we do a lot. Um, we actually just released an investigation of live animal markets in Sumatra, Indonesia. Um, and this includes dogs who are stolen from their families and stuffed into sacks with their mouths tied shut and, and then sold for slaughter, um, as well as other animals. And, and the crazy thing is that even after the, you know, all of this with coronavirus, they're still putting animals in these same situations. We found cages of bats, you know, crammed together, stacked on top of cages of other animals. Um, there were turtles that were, um, you know, some of the turtles were butchered and just their raw innards were sitting around and other turtles were crawling around on top of them. I mean, insane, insane that this still continues in in the, the pandemic era with all that we know. Um, so that's something that we're really pushing to change right now. And um, we're urging the the government of Sumatra to to ban um, not just the dog meat trade, but but also in these live animal markets where the dogs and other animals are are sold because it's just such a it, it's such a cruel thing and, and it's such a risk to human health. Well, what's so extraordinary, and I love that you're doing that. You know, for years I've lived in New York. I'm a native New Yorker. Now I'm in LA. There are live markets in New York and L.A. And in particular, in New York, they have done protests. They've done some out here, too. But it's been an ongoing campaign. Blood dripping onto the streets, animals being slaughtered uh, in, of course, the poorest neighborhoods, marginalized communities, communities of color and um, zero news coverage, even after the pandemic. So the news media is really part and parcel of this problem. And I think that's why we both do what we do. After 40 years in mainstream news media, um, I'd like to be on the beach reading a trashy novel and eating chocolate bonbons. But I'm doing this because the mainstream media literally does not cover this story. There was actually a ginormous protest in New York, very colorful. You know, if you want visuals, This was the most compelling protest. People in hazmat suits running around. There was a voice. There was smoke. There was there. It was a it was like street theater on steroids. 
and they marched to every single news outlet saying eating animals causes pandemics. Zero coverage. They wouldn't even come down. So that's why I think we both do what we do. It's the equivalent, the digital equivalent of people in repressive societies back in the 19th century who were printing out little flyers and, you know, handing them out to people um, as best they could to to spread the word. But um, are we having an impact? Um, first of all, yes, that is why we do what we do, because it, it is incredibly hard to get mainstream media to cover a lot of these animal issues, unfortunately. Um, and um, as far as an impact, we are absolutely having an impact. Um, if you look at the progress that has happened since, you know, I stopped eating meat when I was 12 years old. This was, um, you know, in the 90s. And, you know, basically you could get a, a garden burger, um, you know, some kind of gross cans, like veggie wieners, stuff like that. Um, but just looking at all of the the meatless options, the, the vegan um, substitutes for almost anything now um, and the growing interest in those foods. I think that we've gone leaps and bounds. Um, is there still a long way to go? Yes, there's a very long way to go. But uh, the more progress that we make, the, the greater the hope that, you know, we will get there and we will get there in time um, before animal agriculture destroys our, our environment uh, too much. It already has to, to a, you know, an unfortunate degree. But, um, but change is happening and it's happening for a variety of reasons. It, you know, sometimes it's because of uh, people's care for animals. More often, it's because of health reasons, which is fine. I, you know, it doesn't matter why people stop eating meat. Um, any reason is a good reason. Um, you know, a lot of people stop for the environmental reasons. Um, but what we're seeing now is just such a, a rise in availability of vegan foods, um, a change in the attitude um, toward vegans. Um, it used to be that if you were a vegan, you were just some sort of weird fringe, you know, wacko, but, but now, you know, celebrities are, are vegans and, and, and a, and a very diverse group of celebrities and a very diverse group of, of people are, are going vegan. It, it's not as, as niche as it used to be. So yes, there is progress happening. Um, and we are seeing more coverage than we used to, especially about factory farming, um, but it, it's still really hard to get mainstream media to cover animal issues. It, it really is. But but fortunately, you have people like 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 you, Jane, and then Jane Unchained, and and like everybody else who's getting the word out there. And and we don't need mainstream media anymore. We really don't because we can use our own voices and and build our own audiences. And there are a lot of people who care out there. And and I'm so grateful for every single one of those people because it, it doesn't take much to be a part of that progress. It doesn't. You know, just sharing something, signing a petition, just talking to your friends about the truth behind an industry and, and opening people's eyes. It, it's all part of the solution. And, and all of us, all of us can make a difference. Well, as Nelson Mandela said, it always seems impossible until it's done. And you mentioned sharing. Please share out this video if you're watching it on Facebook and share it out however you can if you're watching it and listening to it rather on iTunes or Spotify, any of the podcast uh, 
platforms. So uh, what's next for Lady Freethinker? You are growing rapidly. Uh, you did start out as sort of one person and now you're a team. Uh, can you tell exactly. us a little bit about your team and um, how you how you operate and how you're growing? Yeah, absolutely. So I, our team is fantastic. I, I will just say that um, right now we, we have a campaign manager, we have an investigation manager, we have um, our investigative reporter, Lex, she's been with us forever. She's incredible. Um, so many people, I, I mean, we're a small organization, I shouldn't say so many, but but we have about eight people on the team right now who are all just they wake up every day to do this you know this this is what they want they want to be the change and they're doing everything they can to make that happen and i'm I'm so grateful for what they do so um as a remote team you know it it has its challenges and it has its perks the great thing is that you know we have people all over not just the country but the world who who are involved in in what we do and um and we all meet on on Slack every morning and 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 talk about what we're going to do that day and you know even though we all live somewhere different um you know we're all in constant communication and and um you know I think the pandemic sort of normalized that more and there are more resources now for for remote teams than there ever have been before which I think every activist can use to their advantage because you don't have to have an office anymore you don't have to have this overhead um you know you can have a shoestring budget and still have a team that that functions just as well if not better than a, an office team because I've worked in offices and and we're more functional <laughs> than, than the offices that I've worked in in the past you know and even though we're, we're all remote um well yeah so, for sure I mean it's quite funny because I've had the same experience where I just got an email where somebody said, have your IT team. <laughs> you know, everybody's always saying, have your people. Have you? Well, I don't have an IT team, you know, uh, but we make it happen. We have a very small, small group of people who are similarly uh, very motivated and uh, this is their passion. And so uh, I could certainly relate. Uh, but, you know, this is... Uh, Overall, our society is changing. Pandemics cause change. If you look at the uh, Black Death in the medieval times, it took them essentially from feudalism to the Renaissance. Was it sparked it, and uh, so we're in a time of tremendous change, and it's very hard to really see exactly where it's going in real time. But um, I do feel hopeful. I feel. I always think about that moment because people did protest to help horse-drawn carriages before cars came along there were there were people who were upset about the horrible 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 treatment of horse-drawn oh, carriages. Oh, before cars came along they did yeah yes there were people that. some people were upset about the all the manure in the streets that was one factor uh, but other people were just upset people there there's been a, a you know always i think uh a, a segment of people who care about animals and who were, who saw the horrible treatment of animals used as transportation. And then one day, something called the electric carriage came along. And you can literally see in the old footage, you know, uh, old footage with mostly horse-drawn carriages and one electric carriage, maybe an early, early. And then all of a sudden it became tipping point and 90% of the carriages were gone and there were electric carriages and cars in the street. But interestingly enough, uh, the New York Times, this is totally off topic, but the New York Times did a, um, a survey 
where they took or or somebody did a survey published in the New York Times where they took shots of streets, lots of just random streets in New York City, like many years later, like in the 1940s for some other project. And there were still some horse-drawn carriages as late as that, but they were rare. But what I'm trying to say is when that happens, when a technology comes in and makes that shift, um, it can do more, the law of unintended consequences, right, than all the protests. And that's what I see after going to the Vegan Women's Summit. Um, And you need to be there next year because it's really life changing and you should be, you know, you're it was it was right up your alley. Because what I saw was a bunch of high tech women who are working in the field of uh, uh, fermentation, massive fermentation um, in terms of um, high tech food production that is going to make vegan food cheaper than even the heavily subsidized meat and dairy. And that was my, okay, that's the answer. When that is the answer. We, we are all fighting to get the U.S. government to stop the hundreds of billions of dollars in subsidies for the meat and dairy industry, which is also causing a healthcare crisis that increases our taxes. We're paying for all of it. How would you like some more money in your pocket, people? How would you like to have more money instead of paying Uncle Sam to subsidize our own destruction, environmental destruction, as well as our health destruction, as well as our planetary destruction. It's being subsidized by the U.S. government. It's not capitalism. It's corporate socialism. And when I saw all these people talking about these high-tech changes, which would result in plant-based products being Produced in ginormous vats, fermentation, the size of a football field. It will be cheaper. It will be cleaner. No antibiotics. And overwhelming amount of antibiotics are fed to farmed animals. Uh, the pesticides are gone because it, it's just, it blew my mind. I was like, aha, I had that aha moment. Yes, I'll still go to protest. I'm still working to fight as you are um, these cruelties. But in terms of offering something better that's cheaper, that is the way to go. Uh, do you cover that at all? Are you working that in? Uh, yeah, first of all, I agree with you 100%. Um, you have delicious, affordable options to meet, and, and that's, that's the way to, 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 to make real change because ultimately people are going to buy what they like to eat and what they can afford, um, and they don't necessarily want to eat dead animals. It's just it, it, it tastes good to them and they can afford it. So I, I do think that's the answer. Um, and, and yes, we, we don't just cover animal cruelty stories. We do encourage readers to adopt a plant-based diet. Um, we like to feature new brands, um, new brands of um, not just uh, food for humans, but for, for pets also, because I think we're seeing some innovations there. Um, and, and um, our overarching message is to to choose a lifestyle that is free from cruelty to animals and that includes diet too. Absolutely, 100%. So getting back to it, what do you do? You said exercise. Tell us a little bit about yourself because uh, really I became exhausted just researching you. You do so much. Uh, how do you unwind? I know you said you exercise. 
Tell us a little bit about yourself. When do you, do you celebrate your victories? Do you, because somebody told me, take time to celebrate your victory. Something good happens. And I go, okay, what's next? No, you yeah, gotta- no, I, 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 I wish I did. People tell me the same thing, you know, celebrate your wins. No, it's always like, okay, okay. So that's done. Now we have to do this. You know, it's like, I, I guess I see them more as steps and, you know, I, I I think it probably is helpful to celebrate victories. I don't really know how to do it. I mean, I'll, you know, I'll have a glass of champagne, but um, no, you know, it, it's really always about what's next because um, every victory is important, but there's always something else. It's just, um, and I, you know, probably I assume you're the same way. Um, I, I want to always be doing, I'm a doer. Um, so unwinding for me is, is doing something that, that is fulfilling to me, um, and helping animals is, you know, it is. And, and maybe that's why I, I don't get, um, you know, too down in the dumps or depressed after seeing all this cruelty is because I really like to do something about it. I love what I do. Um, I, I can't imagine doing anything else. And, and it's not really even a choice. It, it doesn't feel like a choice. It's just what I do. It's what I am. Um, if I weren't doing this, then I would probably be depressed. So it, it's really about doing the next thing and, and um, exposing the next atrocity and, and helping the next animal. And, and um, fortunately, there's this community of people who, who also want to see this stop. And, and we encourage each other. Well, we only have about two minutes. What would your advice be to animal activists? Some of them get burned out. Um, what would you yeah. say? Um, burnout is a thing and you do need vacations. Let yourself take a vacation. Uh, ben and I like to go to Catalina Islands and, and yes, we'll take a few days and just think about nothing else. And that's, that is crucial for my mental health. Um, stepping away for a period of time is crucial to yours too. Compassion fatigue is real. There are way too many wonderful activists who have burnout. Some have even killed themselves. Don't let that happen. Don't let that happen. Step away when you need to. Are you working on a movie? Uh, We are working on a documentary right now. It's in the editing stages. Um, Jane, I want to interview you for it. So we'll talk more about that later. Um, But yes, that is in the works. And what's the theme, the overall uh, theme? Well, Obviously, well, it would be stopping animal cruelty, I would assume, but well, I want to hear from you. Yeah, um, so it's called We Are Animals, tentatively, and it, it takes a look at our historic treatment of our fellow species and asks, how can we do better? Wow. Well, that's the most important question of our time because uh, it's coming back to bite us. I mean, we're seeing it every day. I actually got notifications about the flooding uh, worsening in Kentucky and the wildfires here in California, and there's wildfires in across Europe. I mean, it's not hypothetical or theoretical anymore. Climate change is here, and it's going to get exponentially worse. This isn't me saying it. This is people like Sir David Attenborough, who did a great documentary called Breaking Boundaries. Uh, there's the IPCC Reviewers Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change says, when, when the temperatures get to a certain point, boom, you're going to have massive crop failure and it's going to manifest. You go into the grocery store, you're not going to see food. I mean, that's not just some crazy scenario. Uh, what are your final thoughts? We've got 30 seconds. My final thoughts are just keep speaking out, keep up the good fight because we will win.
I certainly hope, as they say, from your mouth to God's ear, let's make sure that happens. Get involved, people. Go to ladyfreethinker.org. Sign those petitions. Uh, It takes a village. And what she does really relies on you following up by signing those petitions and moving the ball. Thank you so much, Nita Jekyll. I know you're a busy lady. Thank you for taking an hour with Unchained TV. And make sure to download the app today or you can go to unchainedtv.com and watch content. See you next time on Voice America Radio. Bye. Thank you for tuning in. We hope you'll join Jane Velez Mitchell for the next edition of her program next Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Meanwhile, have a peaceful week.